Hello, my name is Emily Hines and I attend Houston City Council meetings and I take notes and then I share them with you. These notes are also available in slide form on my Instagram, which is under the handle at Emily's and we'll link to it in the show notes. Today's notes are from the council meeting on August 24th, 2022. The first order of business today was a public hearing on the after-school enrichment program run by Houston Parks and Recreation Department. Nothing new to report here, but Texas Human Resources Code requires an annual public hearing to go over standards of care. There were no public speakers, and many council members thanked HPARD for this programming. Next up was the mayor's report, during which Mayor Turner makes remarks on non-agenda-related stuff. Hurricane Harvey made landfall five years ago on August 25, 2017. Mayor Turner invited Houston's Chief Recovery Officer Stephen Costello to make a presentation on the occasion. Mr. Costello really whizzed through his talking points. Maybe he had another meeting to get to. He went over a lot of money stuff, like federally funded recovery and mitigation projects, and he griped about the Texas GLO giving Houston only the tiniest slice of the federal funding they received, which is distributed through the Houston-Galveston Area Council, a.k.a. HGAC. Councilmember Alcorn, one of Houston's representatives on the HGAC, outlined efforts to get them to change their funding distribution to no avail. Mayor Turner said we are appealing to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. He said, quote, I don't know if anybody is at HUD these days. If anyone is at home at HUD, then answer the phone and defend yourself, end quote. On the HGAC snub, Councilmember Kamen said the hypocrisy continues, referring to HGAC's conflicting policy actions. Lots of HGAC drama. Moving on to some agenda items that caught my eye. Agenda item eight approved increased spending on medical, dental, and ambulatory supplies and pharmaceuticals for the Houston Fire Department first responders. Councilmember Knox asked why we weren't able to correctly estimate costs from the beginning, and Mayor Turner said supply costs are going up. Inflation and supply chain comes for us all, baby. Agenda item 13 approved an ordinance that will allow Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston to continue requesting reimbursement for their program that helps unhoused people affected by COVID-19. Agenda item 14 approved spending $3.7 million on gear and facility updates for some fire department stations. Councilmember Thomas of District F and Councilmember Huffman of District G also contributed money from their own district funds, $195,000 and $28,000 respectively. Agenda items 16 through 20 each approved a contract with five engineering firms to develop a comprehensive 2D dynamic hydrologic and hydraulic model of the city's flood mitigation and stormwater drainage infrastructure. Each of these contracts ranges from two to $3 million. During his Harvey presentation during the mayor's report, Mr. Costello said these items are a part of the city's comprehensive flood mitigation plan. Agenda item 23, approved moving money from a bunch of TERSes. This is a little tedious, but I want to go over the numbers and where they're going so y'all can see what TERS money gets spent on. 521000 to the city's affordable housing fund, 11000 to HISD for something called Educational Facilities Project Costs, $2 million to the Midtown Redevelopment Authority for their affordable housing program, and $79,000 to South Post Oak Redevelopment Authority for their affordable housing program. 
Next, I'll talk about agenda item nine, which approved spending $539,000 on gift card incentives for future gun buyback events using American Rescue Plan Act or ARPA dollars. Councilmember Knox opposed this item, which is no surprise because he opposes all gun buyback events. He prefers to spend this money on ad campaigns to teach people how to surrender their guns to HPD, which would help HPD track the guns found to be used in a crime. And he's absolutely right. That's one reason why anonymous gun buyback programs are so important, so people have a way to surrender their guns without getting tracked. But anyways... He also said there's no data to support the claim that gun buyback events reduce violent crime. I didn't look that up. That's just what he said. Mayor Turner reiterated that this is just one element of the One Safe Houston plan and that together as a whole, the strategy is working. Until recently, the homicide rate in Houston was 70% higher than at the same time last year and has now fallen to 1% lower than last year's numbers. Normally, I would gripe about using terms like 1%, but framed like this, it makes sense to highlight. Dropping from 70% higher to 1% lower is significant. Turner said, quote, it's like baking a cake. If you take the eggs out and all those other components, you can still have a cake, but who is going to eat it? End quote. Councilmember Kubash wants to defer to D.A. Og, who says the gun buyback event is tantamount to laundering guns and thwarts prosecutors and investigators trying to solve violent crime. Turner simply disagrees with Og's stance and pointed to other D.A.s in the state who are pro-buyback. Turner said that the leadership at HPD asked for and crafted the buyback event, so opposition to it is the same as opposition to HPD. While praising One Safe Houston in general, Councilmember Peck also wants to defer to Og and spend more money on tech, like ShotSpotter. Councilmember Pollard admitted he was skeptical of the buyback event at first, but changed his mind when he saw the demand. He said when it comes to crime reduction, we should be taking an and approach, not an or approach. For example, we should be doing it all. We should be increasing overtime and purchasing more tech and doing gun buybacks and expanding MCOTs and certs. You get the idea. Councilmember Kamen highlighted international news coverage of Houston's buyback event on the BBC. She encouraged deference to council members and their constituents who request buyback events in their neighborhoods. She pushed back on Knox's anti-incentivization stance and pointed out that HPD presented on the buyback event at the Public Safety Committee twice. In reference to Og's argument, Kamen pointed out that district prosecutors were unable to get an indictment for Arlene Alvarez's killer, even with all of the evidence they had. So, quote, more needs to be done. She also pushed back on Knox's claim that gun buybacks don't reduce violent crime by specifying that isn't necessarily even the intent. Kamen and Knox chair and co-chair the Public Safety Committee and seem often at odds. I bet that's an interesting working relationship. When Councilmember Kubosh quoted Harris County Sheriff Gonzalez saying that overtime decreases crime, Councilmember Pollard retorted that these are human beings with lives and families who are already working overtime. We are asking too much of them and need to be mindful of their health and well-being. We must diversify the strategies and not just rely on one thing. Pollard also advocated for incentive-based strategy and said that's just how people are. Councilmember Knox suggested that gun sellers probably sold more guns on the day of the buyback event than we collected, which makes the event useless. This logic is just goofy. I don't have anything to say beyond that. 
Mayor Turner concluded this discussion by complaining that our hands are ultimately tied by state legislation and the gun buyback event is one of the few things the city can actually do to get guns off the street. He said, everything flows down and we're on the front line. This item passed. Councilmembers Knox, Huffman, Kubosh, and Peck all voted no. Agenda item 33 approved a an $18.6 million grant to Magnificat Houses and NHP Foundation for a new housing development for the homeless in District D. It's a collab funded by the county, the Texas GLO, or the General Land Office, and the city of Houston. It was tagged last week by council members Evan Shabazz, Thomas Plummer, Castix Tatum, and Jackson over concerns with NHP Foundation's poor management of apartments in Houston, especially Clem Manor. That's C-L-E-M-E if you want to look it up. There are multiple articles covering this story. Today, Mayor Turner's tone was much more conciliatory than last week. He assured all council members they were heard, that it was a productive conversation, and that he shares their concerns and criticisms. He said, quote, no tenant should be living in the substandard conditions, and assured everyone they're all on the same page and all of their criticism is valid, which was quite a different tune than last week. Turner emphasized the Tenants' Bill of Rights added by the county as a part of this contract. He thanked Councilmember Castix Tatum for the suggestions she sent to him after last week's meeting, which resulted in a contract with NHP for Clem Manor that allows the city to revoke their occupancy permit should NHP not comply with regulations. Turner said that this contract combined with the Tenants' Bill of Rights for the new construction, allows us to move forward on this new development with confidence, which will maintain the current funding from the county and the GLO. He also stressed just how desperately the city needs actual housing units in order to house more homeless people. Councilmember Plummer applauded the agreement put forth by Councilmember Castex Tatum, which was very gracious of her considering she has been advocating for similar although much broader in scope measures for well over a year now. She said the agreement for Clem Manor is good, but she's more concerned about the new development and said the Tenants' Bill of Rights doesn't go far enough. NHP is a repeat offender, and the current documents do not address health or quality of life. Councilmember Kubash stressed that this development is a new facility and suggested NHP took over an already aged and troubled structure, pretty sure he's talking about Clem Manor, which was then exacerbated by Hurricane Harvey in the pandemic. Mayor Turner rejected this premise and said that once an entity purchases a complex, they are responsible for upkeep and habitability no matter what. Councilmember Pollard was happy to see the city leveraging our power, aka this new $18 million contract, to force NHP to do right by Clem Manor by signing Castix Tatum's contract. He agrees that we need more robust action in the future, but seemed to be sidestepping the word ordinance, not just him, everyone, which I thought was very odd because Councilmember Plummer has literally been asking for a robust apartment inspection reform ordinance for over a year. Councilmember Castix Tatum talked a lot. The contract that she helped develop gives the city the authority to revoke Clem Manor's occupancy permit if they are found to be in non-compliance. While this is a step in the right direction, she said that we need similar mechanisms in place for every apartment complex in Houston, which I thought was an odd thing to say because Councilmember Plummer has literally been asking for a robust apartment inspection reform ordinance for over a year. Castix Tatum did acknowledge Councilmember Thomas, chair of the housing committee, for her work. Councilmember Kamen thanked Castix Tatum for her engagement 
and council members Jackson, Plummer, and Thomas for helping everyone get up to speed on issues they don't have as much knowledge on. She said she would defer her vote to Councilmember Evan Shabazz since it's in her district. Councilmember Knox pointed out that NHP purchased Clem Manor in 2014 and has had eight years to get it cleaned up, but now are asking for an $18 million grant from the city for a new development and relying on future benefit to correct past errors. He opposes this item because he doesn't want to reward individuals or companies who treat those they work with this way. It's a sad day when I agree with Councilmember Knox, but here we are. Mayor Turner complained about the GLO refusing an extension for the city, even though the federal government gave the Texas GLO a two-year extension. He also said the GLO was able to dictate all parameters of this project, otherwise things would be different. Turner said, quote, the marriage between the city and state has been a horrible one. I wish we could get a divorce. And a lot of people laughed at that. Councilmember Plummer added that everything in the Tenants' Bill of Rights is not new language. These are already expectations laid out by the city. How can we expect anything to change without a blanket ordinance that has consequences enforceable by the city and infrastructure in place to support it? She is frustrated that the city is only focusing on complexes like Clem Manor in this case, whose tenants have sacrificed their time to come en masse to city council. And we are failing them, she said. She said, this is just not enough. This is just Clem. But what about all the other ones? And she implored fellow council members to do a ride along with her on her weekly rounds and said, it's just a really bad deal. Mayor Turner said, quote, we can't solve everything in a day or even one administration, which was an odd thing to say because Councilmember Plummer has literally been asking for a robust apartment inspection reform ordinance for over a year. I became even more annoyed with Councilmember Castix Tatum when she said the majority of NH properties are well managed and that we're turning the ship now. She said she developed the language of this contract with the help of an apartment complex owner in District K, as if that was a good thing. She reiterated this contract is just the first step, but that we have to start somewhere. A funny thing to say, considering Councilmember Plummer has literally been asking for a robust apartment inspection reform ordinance for over a year. Finally, Councilmember Evan Shabazz gave her two cents. She said, quote, if ever there was a good tag, this was it. The comments were so key, and the fact that you listened, Mayor, warms my heart, end quote. She agrees with Plummer that we need more protections for tenants, but supports this item. So it passed. Council members Thomas, Jackson, Peck, Plummer, Huffman, and Knox all voted no. Once again, I skipped the council member pop-off section of this meeting because there was a lot to unpack and I knew I was going to have to do some deeper reading. I highly recommend reading Sam Gonzalez-Kelly's reporting on NHP Foundation, Clem Manor, that whole thing. So that's all I have for you today. I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. And if you are listening to this and want to support and don't already, the Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. And if you're able, we really appreciate it. You can find resources for this episode, including where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes as well. Send them an email, send them a voicemail, call them, bother them. This week's episode was recorded by and has music from Joe Wozni. It was produced by Connor Clifton. All right, everyone. I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you so much for listening. 